The world needs heroes to protect us from bad takes. There once was a man named Paul who said that Star Trek was better than Star Wars, and we can't stand for this type of injustice. Join the fight against bad takes and support the show over at MultiplayerSquad.com. But Josh, I'm scared of Patreon, but still want to help. What can I do? Well, future hero, you can now subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and get amazing rewards like two bonus episodes each week, early access, and ad-free episodes. Paul said it's more so that you don't have to listen to my terrible intros anymore, but we all know how bad his takes are. Now, on to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are two dads who love gaming, and we get together for two episodes every week where we break down either individual games, a gaming topic, or like today being a Thursday, breaking down this week in gaming. Please remember to leave our podcast a review and rate us five stars if your podcasting app allows. And if you do like what we do here and want to be a part of it and want to support it and help keep it running, you can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or by visiting MultiplayerSquad.com, which will take you to our Patreon page. Patreon supporters get some awesome perks. They get a shout out on the show and they also get uh, some special flair in our Discord server. And also you will get access to exclusive quick take episodes of which there are two released every week. I am your host, Paul. And then joining me, he is the champion, my friends. It's Josh. I am the champion <laughs> of Rocket League. <laughs> is this the greatest achievement of your life to date, Josh? It 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 is. I, my kids don't <laughs> listen to the podcast, so it's safe to say that yes, mm-hmm. uh, I did hit champion in Rocket League. Finally, it is one of my proudest gaming accomplishments. I maybe ever because it is hard to do, man. That is not easy. Uh, I took a photo of it. I shouted it to my family. They were like, whatever, you know, like you're such a nerd. And then I posted it to discord where people were like, congrats. And I was, you know, I I felt like I should have had like people bust in my room with confetti and trumpets or something. None of that actually happened. And then I actually started playing against champion level players and promptly got my butt whooped, but it, I, I made it, buddy. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Now, is it like Overwatch where if you lose a couple matches, you'll lose champion status? So you're asking me if I am still champion, Paul? Yeah. Are you a current champion or are you now former Rocket League champion, Josh? I decline to answer that. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. You cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that's too funny. Thanks well, for you, bringing up you, bad memories now, Paul. This early in the have, show. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, you have always been Mr. Rocket League. I feel like you play at least a couple hours every week going all the way back to when the game first came out. Yeah, right? that's a fair. I, mean, I do. Been, I, I play a couple hours long. every week, minimum. Yeah, we're we're the like OGs who paid for Rocket League back when it cost money. And I stopped playing, but you've stuck with it. And I, I see have. you pop in continually during yeah. the week. It's my, yeah. it's one of my favorite games. It's super fun to just hop into for like a few matches. If nobody's online or like, this is very, very rare for me. But if I just don't feel like talking to anybody, you know, like I can hop <laughs> into Rocket League and just play like some quick play or something like that. But yeah, it's that, that's the game that like fills that niche for me. 
Yeah. So normally at the beginning of these Twig episodes where we talk about This Week in Gaming, we talk a little bit about what we've been playing in our solo gaming time. So Josh, you were plugging away at Rocket League. Any other news in your single player gaming? Man, I a little bit of Halo Infinite still. Um, I am very up and down in that game, which leads to me thinking I am just hot stuff and then also hot garbage, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which can lead to some frustration there. Um, but I have been playing Painting Simulator, Paul, 2021. Oh, is this, is this like a uh, like like the next step of VR where you hold actual paint brushes in your house and, it and paint the walls? It is, yeah. yes. And yeah. then um, I finally finished my my wife and I painted our bedroom and our bathroom. We got an astronomically high quote for a professional to do that, and then we went, yeah, we'll just do it ourselves. I regret that decision. <laughs> um, money should be spent on professionals. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm finally done. I announce it to the world. I'm finally done painting. Like, yes, I've been painting for literally like two weeks now. This is a like, big room and tall ceilings and all that stuff. I'm carrying everything out to the garage. And I don't know if you're like me, Paul, but I'm the kind of guy where I will literally carry every, like, every bag of groceries on my arms. One trip, in one trip. So I'm doing one that trip, with no all more. of the painting stuff. <laughs> and I yeah. dropped the can of paint. Oh, no. And it exploded. It no. hit the ground and it exploded all over our laundry room. And I was just like, I just started shaking my head. I was done. I was done painting, Paul. <laughs> now I, I did, exploded paint everywhere. <laughs> I, I did not know this. Now, do you have like a wet shop vac that you were able to use to like at least vacuum up a lot of the paint? Or did you have to just start soaking it up with like paper rags towels. and paper pa- towels lots Oof. and lots of paper towels and wet rags and uh thankfully it was in our laundry room so it you know it's kind of like an industrial room anyway i guess but um it's got a new fresh coat of paint on the bottom of the door and along the wall <laughs> thankfully i missed all the clothes and everything else important so i guess it really wasn't that big of a deal but it was just yeah. that last little hurrah oh man that's too funny now somehow I don't know how it always gets brought up. I feel like you and I complain about painting oh, yeah. at least Doesn't once everybody? a quarter. It comes up all the time. I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show, but you and I famously hate painting and seemingly somehow convince ourselves it's not going to be that bad. And next thing we know, we're painting <laughs> no, multiple no, 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 rooms no. and it's awful. Paul, you know who loves for us to paint is our wives. It's and our wives. They're the ones yeah. that convince us it's not going to Let's be, be that real. Bad. <laughs> It's always terrible. (laughs) Oh, man. The funniest thing is that the last room that we painted, my wife and I decided, okay, let's paint this room. Here's the color we're going to get. And then my wife ended up falling ill. And we were going to paint it together. Oh. And I was a little bitter that I ended up having to do all of it by myself. I I remember being up until like 4 a.m. And I was... Uh, screwing back in all the blinds and rehanging them on the windows. And uh, I said after that, I- I'm not painting for like at least six or seven years. Like we're we're not doing it anytime soon. <sighs> yeah, thankfully it's done now. It, I, I kind of joked around until, you know, they decide they want a different color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, in my gaming time, I actually downloaded a demo of the game Chorus. <gasps> now, Chorus just released, and Wait, we it's out. We talked about it. It's out. This is the, the spaceship uh, barrel roll game, right? This is the barrel roll game. Oh, yes, that, I had no idea it was we, out. It is out. Yes, it just released. I think on like December second or something. It's literally within the last couple of days, 
and I saw that it had a free demo. And so I thought, oh, why not? I'll just download the demo. I was not really expecting it to be anything all that special. I grew up loving any kind of air combat, space combat. Yeah, you and I share that. We loved those games mm-hmm. growing up. We loved like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, all that kind of stuff. And after Squadrons came out, you and I really loved it for the first couple hours, and then it tanked very yeah, quickly. Yeah, quickly. Yeah, that was a little yeah. disappointing. And I kind of felt like maybe the genre is just past, so I did not expect to like Chorus. It's actually really freaking good, Josh. Oh, is it? Yes! It's really good. I didn't know where you were going with this, man. I was, <laughs> I was kind of getting excited inside a little bit, and I'm yeah. like, wait, Paul's probably like stringing me along here. There's a couple of really clever things that they do that at first I didn't think I would like, but it actually makes the combat so much more fun. So first of all, the game design has an actual orientation. So if your ship is like kind of upside down or something, all you have to do is hit a button and it immediately reorients you so you kind of know where you are. Oh, that's kind of Which neat. is actually pretty handy. And the other thing is that you know how in squadrons you were constantly having to decide like how much power do I put into speed versus shields? They got rid of that nonsense. In that's this good. Game. If that's good in yeah. theory, it really became a problem in squadrons because like I get that that heightens the skill level, but it was too it's much too juggling. Needy. Yeah, it is exactly. Yep. Yeah, it made your ship too high maintenance. So in chorus, you just uh increase speed or you decrease speed until you stop so they make that part simple and then you just have three weapons so you've got like a laser a gatling gun and some kind of like missile i don't remember the exact names but as you fight different ships you just swap between the right weapons so we've seen this in tons of games like even in mass effect and stuff if they have shields you use your lasers. They bring down the shield quicker. If it has armor, you use the bombs and you use your Gatling gun for everything else. But the neat thing is that running on a cooldown, you can press a button and your ship teleports immediately behind whatever enemy ship is that you're kind of looking at. So instead of constantly flying around space, like spinning like a madman trying to find an enemy, if that enemy gets a little bit out of sight, you just pop a button and you're immediately behind it again. So it keeps the action continual. You're constantly just fighting and moving to the next target. You're not ever stuck trying to find out where the guys are. And it plays a lot like the old Star Wars games. It's like escort this giant ship and kill these things that honestly they just operate like tie fighters fight them off now here come the big bomber ships they've got turrets everywhere you got to blow up all the turrets on the big ships and it actually plays really fun and it's a 40 dollar game oh man I, i'm kind of tempted uh, to pick it up next deep dive paul <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe dude you I, are I saying everything right to me right now yeah you know like every everything i wanted squadrons to be i feel like it's chorus it's just not in the Star Wars Extended Universe, I'm okay which is a little bit of a bummer. I mean, it is, but I'm okay with that. I, I just want a good space combat sim. You know, yeah. free the uh, you. I don't know if you remember the days of Freelancer or not, but I'm old enough to remember Freelancer. That was kind of the precursor to the Star Wars games. Um, you know, that's that's funny, man, because the infinite loop of you chasing a guy and that guy chasing you and just circling over and over and over again is one of the things that I think people kind of naturally default to thinking. But yeah, yeah, why yeah. haven't we fixed that? 
<laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like I'm chasing this guy. I'm constantly at like full thrust and just turning as hard as I can. He's chasing me at full thrust, turning as hard as he can. And nobody ever catches each other, you know? And so this teleport behind your enemy sounds like it keeps the action basically like nonstop at that point. Yeah, I, I was browsing through some of the reviews and people were saying that if you want like a super realistic space simulator, it's not this. They were saying this is a little bit more arcade <laughs> okay. style. Super realistic paced. space dog yeah. fighting? Like, is there re- well, is that there really are people- realistic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are people who want stuff like that. You know, like in this game, I could see uh, someone being like curmudgeony and saying, oh, it's like magic. I can just teleport behind someone. You know, like that seems really far fetched. Dog fighting me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is magic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I feel like this one does exactly everything perfect in regards to combat. Now, as far as like any kind of storyline, I had no idea what was going on. It, it seemed very confusing. I don't think it's the kind of game you're primarily playing for the story, um, but it's pretty neat. They also kind of incorporate sort of like No Man's Sky, where. You've got like your regular thrusters, or you can hold a button to boost, or you can hit a hit another button that goes so when you go between like large areas, you're actually going incredibly fast. So it makes the travel kind of fun as well. So yeah. we might have to check it out. I I saw that there was a demo. I downloaded the demo, uh, but I have not played the demo. And so I know what I'm doing. Immediately after this podcast, Paul, because <laughs> you have said everything that I need to hear to definitely want to check this out. Uh, I remember we talked about this, man, way back in the day. I don't remember what if it was announced at a game show or something. I, I just I remember we've talked about course in the past. Um, way back then, uh, like some people equated it to Everspace, which I am a huge fan of. Uh, I have played that game at length and Everspace two is very, very good. And the combat in that is really, really good space combat. I've said Everspace gets mouse and keyboard flight, like the best I've ever seen because you generally don't fly around with a mouse and keyboard. Right. You know, but Everspace figured it out perfectly somehow. Now, did you play with controller? You know what? I had such low expectations for Chorus. Oh, you. (laughs) I literally said, I don't even want to go in the other room where I took the controller to plug into a different computer. I'm just going to play mouse and keyboard. And I thought it played just fine. I had no problem doing mouse and keyboard. I would imagine on controller, it's even better. I'm really excited. I uh, Now you've got me pumped, man, because I've been hungry for a good space combat game. And Squadrons just didn't do it for us, man. I do remember, like, me, you, Todd, like, a couple other buddies were really pumped about it, hopped in it. And it's like you said, we played it for about three hours, had a blast, and then hit that wall, and it just fell out. So much that yeah. I, like, took my joystick back to games. <laughs> yeah you returned it you know so all right well this is great news man so so you're saying that if anybody's listening they should check it out yeah i mean at least play the free demo right Right. that's that's exactly what you want from a demo you want to give it a test and if it's great then at least you kind of know what you're signing up for um had no idea we would talk this much about chorus but i'm all for it let's talk about a little bit of news that dropped this week now, we have talked in the past about how much we love Bioshock. Yes. Fantastic series. Yep. Made Do you know how made one of the one of my picks for the uh one of our recent episodes that was the top Xbox 360 games. 
Yes. And we've also talked about Bioshock on top gaming moments. Yep. It might have even popped up in our favorite villains. Beloved series. Maybe not. Man. If you have not Beloved played the series. Bioshock series, you are drastically missing out on something special. <laughs> now, do you know how old Bioshock Infinite oh, is? Oh, man. Infinite? This kind of surprised me. It's a little older like, than I would have thought. I feel like Infinite is, I'm going to take a wild guess and say 12 years old. <laughs> Not quite, but it came out in 2013. Okay. So eight years ago, okay, almost nine, but the original three Bioshocks came out within a six-year window, and now we've been waiting eight years for the next Bioshock. It's still not going to be coming out anytime soon, but we did get a couple of rumors that multiple sources have confirmed, so it sounds like you could probably take this to the bank, but the next entry for Bioshock is going to be set in the 1960s in Antarctica. Did we have people in Antarctica in, in the 60s? Oh, I'm sure there were some like uh, researchers and oh, yeah, people man. down there. Yeah. But how, how do you feel about Antarctica as a setting? I mean, for they have always, I, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I, if there's one thing that Bioshock does really well is it's these very out of the way settings. Like you're, you're trying to get away from humanity, right? Like that's kind of what the premise is in the initial ones with Rapture. It's, it's at the bottom of the ocean. You know, we want to get away from the world. We want to create our own utopia and, and society and all that. So, I mean, it makes complete sense that to do that, you need to be where there are not people. And so whether it's the bottom of the ocean or up in the clouds in Bioshock Infinite, I think it fits really, really well into that. I mean, the other option is you say you're going to the moon, but then you've got a completely different game at that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> now, Antarctica, I think, is an awesome, underutilized setting in gaming. I can't think of a single game that takes place on Antarctica. Now, I can think of a couple movies, like John Carpenter's The, the Thing, thing yes. is one of my favorites, yes. and that's on Antarctica. I would love nothing more than if this game included some kind of discovery of like an ancient alien ship that landed that gives them technology or even like an ancient virus or something. I don't even care if it straight up rips off things like the thing. I think that when you have like a really mysterious giant setting like Antarctica, I feel like it's going to come along with mysteries and awesome creatures I can't wait to see what they do with it. I'm really excited about this. I think there's so much they could do with it. Tunnels everywhere, tunneling through the ice. You Maybe you need to go to the surface for something, but it's so cold that you can only be there for limited periods of time. So that enhances kind of the risk-reward system there. Uh, yeah, exactly. What's been buried in the ice forever? Why, like, how do you keep this society? Because it's going to be a society. It's Bioshock. Like, how do you keep this society alive? Thermal vents? I don't know. Alien <laughs> technology? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it'll have something. Uh, you and I are huge fans of Bioshock. We can't wait to check this one out. Now, it is being developed by a new team. Yeah, so the original that's... three games were led under Ken Levine. He now voluntarily moved to work on smaller titles. He had announced that a long time ago. So this next one is being developed by a new part of 2K called Cloud Chamber, We'll have to wait and see what they do, but apparently they say they understand how important it is, they're taking their time, and they want to make sure that it's a continuation of the original successful games. Now, at the risk of making myself sound stupid here, I just kind of assumed that Bioshock was done. 
Did you know that they had planned on continuing the series? Because this comes as news to me. I just thought after Infinite, like they were done with the series and had kind of moved on to other things. I kind of thought so too. I mean, I'm not one to ever go searching for Bioshock news. So nothing ever came across my feed right. that would make me know otherwise. And I never sought it out. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised to see that it's not dead. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I love the idea because like I said, it's a great series. Uh, if you're going to resurrect it after this long, you, you better do it right. You know, take a, take a <laughs> lesson out of Halo Infinite's playbook right now and take the time, make it right. You got a lot of people that are going to be upset <laughs> if oh, yeah. you take this beloved series and then mess it up. <laughs> now, talking about Halo Infinite, uh, I got a question for you, Josh. At the time that this episode releases, Halo Infinite, the campaign, has now been out for a full day. Did you and I both sign up for Xbox Game Pass, and are we currently playing the Infinite campaign? I'm going to say yes, because I signed <laughs> I up for so the too. Xbox Game Pass twice by accident. Because <laughs> <laughs> I signed up under the... Apparently, I had two accounts, because I wanted to take advantage of that dollar, the, sure. the initial $1 for three months offer. And then I realized, I'm like, that's not my username. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, wait, I just signed up under the wrong account. And so I signed up under the correct account. But I've still got... I think like two and a half months of Xbox Game Pass, you know, oh, coming at me. I didn't know so, you still had one that was active. Yes, yes, I did. Because I signed up for a dollar and then I instantly went in and canceled the subscription, but you get your three months anyway. Right, right, and, right. And so that way I don't forget to cancel it because, you know, I probably won't use it a whole lot after that. Um, but I am, I, it's funny, I was talking to a guy earlier today about this. I know a lot of people are so happy with Halo Infinite multiplayer that they're kind of like, eh. I don't really care about the campaign that much. I love Halo campaigns. I think they're epic. I think they're super well done. I think they have incredible moments. Uh, Some of the set pieces in the Halo campaigns are just bananas good. And so I'm actually pretty amped up to play the campaign. Now, maybe it's a huge flop, but I have a feeling it's not going to be. The only thing that makes me sad about the Halo Infinite campaign is that you cannot play co-op with a friend until what did they say March now March May something like it's that a couple whatever months out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and so it's like I'm not going to wait that long to play it so yes I I'm calling it right now that at least I have been playing the Halo Infinite campaign <laughs> through Xbox Game Pass but they did just announce that the campaign is coming to Game Pass which I think is the actual news there Yeah it'll be there on day 1 I definitely plan on re-upping my Xbox Game Pass. I had it for a while and then canceled it. And with having a PlayStation and not owning an Xbox, I tend to just buy my games on Steam or, you know, play them on PlayStation. But we have talked kind of ad nauseum at this point about how successful Xbox has been with the current gen consoles because of how much they've grown the Game Pass. When the Game Pass came out in 2017, I didn't think it was going to grow into what it is today. I didn't either. I mean, I, I saw that the latest known figures that were publicly announced is that all the way back in January of this year, those are the latest numbers we have, there were 18 million subscribers. At $1 a piece, that's $18 million, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they weren't all at the uh, trial price. But, you know, so they have been, in my opinion, kind of blowing sony out of the water with the current system Oh, absolutely and then we saw news this week that playstation is finally going to shake things up a little bit to compete with the xbox game pass now 
PlayStation, I have always found to be very confusing with their offerings. I can never remember what's PS Plus, what's PS Now, what do I need to do for playing games online? Wait, if I want to play the old God of Wars on my computer, what was that? So they're finally going to shake all of it up. Everything's just going to be called PlayStation Plus, which I think will be much easier to remember. Yes. And they're going to have three tiers of offerings. The lowest tier will just basically let you play games online on your PlayStation. They'll give you a couple of free games every month. It'll be pretty limited. They'll have a second tier, which is going to include more extensive PS4 and PS5 titles. And then they'll have a third tier, which has all of that, plus all of the old PS Now titles from PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and the PSP. I can't help but think this is a little too late for PlayStation. You know, like... When you saw how successful the Xbox Game Pass has been, because let's be honest, like I was with you when they announced this, I'm like, yeah, game people have tried this game subscription type service in the past and they've never really caught on. You have to dump so much money into these games to get the, you know, the the exclusivity of having this on Game Pass and stuff like that. You're risking uh, you know, these huge releases like Halo Infinite campaign. By putting them on Game Pass, now this pays off for games like Battlefield 2042, right? As <laughs> right. gamers, where we go, I don't want to drop 60 bucks on that game. Let me try it. Oh, this game sucks. I'm so glad I didn't drop $60. Thank you, Game Pass. You know, that kind of stuff. But it's like, by the time they figure all this out and get this thing up and running and get games into whatever their PlayStation Plus service, I feel like it's just a little too late, man. Like, you're yes, for people that have PS4s and PS5s, I mean, it's a phenomenal thing. And I, don't get me wrong, that's a lot of people out there. But I feel like they're chasing the coattails of Xbox at this point. But aren't Game Passes the way of the future? Doesn't everyone kind of have to shift to this model anyway? I don't or know, do you man. think? Do you know my one issue with the Game Pass model? You don't own your games. Yeah. And then if you cancel, you don't get you to play You lose all your games. Anything. You know, like yeah. when I buy a game on Steam, guess what? I own that game. You know, until Steam goes out of business and then i don't own the game anymore like how do i access my game but you know i don't really see that happening but with these the, these game pass services i think they're great i think they make a ton of games accessible to people that can't drop 60 dollars on games left and right you know um i mean we're at this stage in our lives where if i pay 20 dollars for a game and it sucks and i'm past the refund period i kind of go eh, all right not a big deal but I completely get that for a lot of people out there, 20 bucks, it's like, man, I better not mess this up. I better get a game that I'm going to play for the next month or so. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think these services are phenomenal for gamers as a whole. My only issue is, like I said, you don't own these games. You get to play them, but you can't turn around and sell them. You can't decide a year from now, hey, I think I want to go back and play that game again, unless you're still paying for the service. And so I think that's the big detrimental downside to it. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that's the downside of renting, right? As opposed, yeah. That's essentially what these Game Passes are. You're just renting games. But I don't know. I, I think when you and I were kids, everyone only got like a couple of games every Christmas and maybe a game or two for your birthday or something like that. And of course, growing up, we didn't even own video games, uh, you know, in my family. So I feel like the gamers when we were kids... I remember once I was a teenager and I would play games at my friends' houses, we would just play the same game 
over and over and over and over, and you would just—that's all you had. You dig through the five right? cartridges that they had, or, or yes. the CDs, or whatever, and you'd be like, "Well, I don't have a lot of choices here, back. guys. I guess this one or that one." <laughs> yes, but that was still fine because that's what we were used to as kids. I feel like now in in 2021. I don't know if it's just a little bit of collective ADD that everybody has. I don't think anyone wants to 100% these games for achievements and they don't want to just drive around in GTA for four hours. I, I used to do that. I would just play with my friend Curtis. We would just drive in circles, screwing around in GTA 4 and dive out of a car and try to hit something with our car like a missile. Like, I don't know that people are really doing that anymore. I feel like. People want to switch up their games. I don't think they want to just buy a $60 game and that's the only game that they touch for the next six months. I think most people would rather shell out, you know, your $15 a month or whatever it's going to end up being and then just having access to basically everything. I mean, that resonates with me because, you know, we've always said I have game ADD. I, I love a game for, you know, six to eight hours. And then even if I haven't beat it and I still love it, I just if I don't pick a game up for like three days, it's very, very rare that I'll ever go back to that game again. And so for me, jumping around and trying new games, it's, you know, I always said it's like a buffet. I want to taste a little bit of everything. Right. You know, to see what I like, uh, and games are like that for me. So it definitely resonates with me. I just haven't like fully embraced that service yet. I, I guess I, I do agree. It probably is the future of gaming, but it's just a little different, you know. And, and I don't know that it always makes full sense. It's like, like I won't buy digital. I won't buy digital copies of anything on a console because if I go out and I buy a game for the Nintendo Switch and I have a little cartridge or I buy a CD for PS4 or PS5 or whatever, I can play it. I can turn around and sell it for 75% of what I paid for it. I'm basically still renting it at that point. Right. But you, you, I mean, the days of doing that on PC have been over for 20 years. You know, So you haven't been able to do that with PC gaming in forever, but with consoles, it works just fine. And so I won't buy a game off the Nintendo eShop or the PlayStation Store or whatever. I'll go out and actually pick up a physical copy of it because I know I'm going to get part of my money back at that point. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. I think for the next gen, we're going to start to see optical drives completely gone. I think everything's going to go full digital. I agree. And I think that's when you'll see Game Pass really take off. I, I'm very curious to see kind of how this model grows on pc because we've seen where like ea play you could get that through origin and then they had it on steam later and you could get just the ea games i don't know if anyone wants it to be quite that narrow uh and on pc you have so many different developers i don't even know if it's even feasible but i do remember reading articles in the past where they were saying the day might come where all of your game processing is like done in the cloud where they've got servers that have all of the rtx graphics cards that we can't even get and it's just running these games and all you have to do is stream your controls and run it all at home and so i wonder if we'll start to see this shift where maybe the hardware and owning the games everything will turn into this like rental type model because if you're a business person you'd rather someone be paying every month than just a one-time fee it's true there's i don't know why man it's the old man in me that's like no i don't want that like don't give me that new stuff (laughs) 
<laughs> that's it's just <laughs> not the way I played games when I was a kid, you yeah. know. But it's like it does make a lot of sense, and it's like what, I remember like claiming Google Stadia would never make it. Right? I was like, dude, that's a dumb idea. It's never going to make it. Now, I mean, Google Stadia is not real popular right now, so it's like I don't want to say I was right. But I wasn't right on everything because, like, I'm I'm with you. I think this will become the wave of the future. It's just there's a part of me that like doesn't want that to happen. I like yeah. digging through Steam and looking at all of my old games and going, oh yeah, I never finished that one. I still somewhere in my house or attic have like old the old Diablo and StarCraft game boxes. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like somewhere, treasure, like, yeah, I don't yeah, even, yeah. I don't even have a CD-ROM drive. I could put those in at this point. You know what I mean? Like, but I still have them somewhere. And there's a part of me that likes that, but I get that that is probably not the future. Yeah, I'd have to go through. I don't think I have any old games on disc other than Eternal Darkness for GameCube. I still have my really old (laughs) GameCube copy of that. I think I got rid of everything else. I think the last thing I bought was one of the Warcraft expansions on, you know, PC DVD. But yeah, no one's no one's doing that anymore. No, no. All right. Well, that's all that we have here this week for This Week in Gaming. We will be back with a bonus round episode on Monday. And then also, just so you guys are aware of our holiday schedule, we will be taking two weeks off where we will be releasing older episodes that Josh and I really enjoyed. However, we will still be releasing new Quick Take episodes. So if you do subscribe in Apple or on Patreon, you'll still get a little bit of new content there. For the rest of you guys, you'll be able to hear some older episodes that we love. And then we will be back with our regular episodes after that two-week break. So I think that's it. Come hit us up on Discord. There's a link in the episode description. We'd love to have you guys there. And then we'll be back with a half hour. I'm sorry, a full hour episode on Monday for bonus round. Yep. That's going to be a good one. You, I'm just going to put that out there right now. It's going to be a great episode this next bonus round. <laughs> Sounds good. Can't wait. Yep. I'll, I'll see you then, Josh. All right. See you, everybody.